You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Welcome to E-Commerce All-Stars, brought to you by Nadimo.com, where we help e-commerce entrepreneurs accelerate growth through modern technology and innovative thinking. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today's show with your host Brandon Moscow, of course, and today I'm excited to have Alex Brown, he's the Chief Marketing Officer at DFO.Global. Uh, how are you today, Alex? I'm doing great, Brandon, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I'll let you do a little bit more of an introduction of yourself, but I just wanted to kind of let people know uh, today we're going to be talking about how consumers have changed their approach to shopping and buying online, and wherever that leads us, we'll we'll go from there. <laughs> so, um, but that said, I'd love it if you can give a little bit more of a background on on yourself and your company, and and kind of what led you to where you're at today. Sure thing. So um, yeah, so I'm uh, I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, you know, I'd say from a very early age, I've been, you know, very heavily involved in, you know, sales and marketing. I was one of those kids who would, you know, set up, a, you know, every kind of stand I could think of in, in front of my house from about the time I was like seven years old. Uh, in fact, one funny story is I, um, I think I was about like eight or nine. I went around with a friend and we went and clipped all of our neighbors' um, flowers out of their flower beds in front of their house and packaged them up and uh, set up a flower stand and sold them all their flowers back to them. <laughs> um, so, I guess you could, so I guess you could say I've always had a, an entrepreneurial spirit to myself. Um, you know, when I went to college, um, I, I linked up with a friend and we actually started a, um, a website development business. Um, at the time, I knew absolutely nothing about website development. Um, so lo and behold, I became the salesperson, not the developer. Um, but you know, that, you know, sort of got me like, you know, at an early, you know, early on, you know, into the digital side of the business and really understanding, you know, how to go about, um, you know, kind of selling, selling things and selling products online. Uh, my first real career out of college was, um, at a, you know, a traditional agency. We were, we were a sports marketing agency. And, you know, I thought for the longest time that I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be like Jerry Maguire. I wanted to be an, an agent. And so while that didn't necessarily pan out for me, um, I did really get the opportunity to kind of like cut my teeth and really learn, you know, and work with some really big brands at the time and really see kind of their sort of omni-channel, you know, marketing strategies and, and really help craft those both online and offline. So it was really good exposure for me. But I'd say like my turning point happened when I was um, probably about like 25. Um, a couple of my friends got really into affiliate marketing. Um, they were, you know, selling a lot of different products and services online and they were making millions of dollars um, doing this. So um, that obviously piqued my interest in kind of the performance marketing, digital marketing, e-commerce side of the business. And so they kind of took me under their wing um, and they ended up starting a company. We started a company together in 2010 called Instant Checkmate. And that was a, an info product. It was like an online background check um, subscription product. 
Um, and we ended up growing that company from about, you know, like eight employees to about a hundred over, over five years and about nine figures in revenue. So, um, you know, obviously that was really kind of the, the jumping off point for, for me. And so I was managing all of the, the digital marketing and the customer acquisition for, for that brand. Um, but in 2017, I, I actually got a pretty good opportunity to join forces with DFO um, and build out our internal marketing team uh, here in San Diego. So for those of you who don't know what DFO is uh, or who we are, we are a global e-commerce solution. And really, that's just a fancy way for saying that, you know, we help businesses um, sell products online all over the world. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the 30,000 foot view of, of myself and, uh, of DFO. Right on. Um, just to kind of sh- backtrack and talk about your story there where you were selling the flowers back to, um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, my first kind of kick at entrepreneurship would have probably been when I was, my brother would play with my toys and I'd be renting it to him. So he'd, have to, he'd have to pay me rent to use my toys. Um, that was my that's a, first That's thing. a great business. <laughs> yeah, until your parents realize what you're doing and they empty your piggy bank and give it all to him. So that was <laughs> right. also my first experience of bankruptcy. Well, my there first you go. Only one, but hey. Um, so on that note, what I wanted to chat with you today about was how consumers change their approach to shopping and buying online. Um, so I'm just going to kick it off with throwing that kind of comment slash question out there and, and get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great topic. Um, and, and I think I'd start by sort of saying this. I mean, I think all customers really have like similar basic expectations, you know, when they shop online. And this is obviously morphed, um, you know, quite a bit over, you know, recent years, you know, especially as services like Amazon and, you know, have become much more ubiquitous and, you know, just easier to access. But, I think like at the end of the day, it's really pretty simple, right? Customers want the products that they want (laughs) when they want them. um, And they also don't want to pay too much for them, right? So I think if you take those three things and like put them together, you know, it really explains why e-commerce has grown to be the preferred shopping method for customers, you know, well over, you know, brick and mortar, um, you know, or any other shopping outlets, you know, I'd say that, you know, e-commerce really gives customers, you know, it gives them access to information, the ability to shop on, you know, different devices at different times and kind of like whenever they want, um, and the option to share their experiences with others. Um, so I think this has really, you know, altered the entire landscape when it comes to, you know, how people engage with um, and consume products that, you know, that they're interested with online. Um so, you know, I think consumers' shopping habits will kind of continue to evolve with technology. But, I mean, I think it's it really boils down to, like, those three things, right? Consumers want, you know, they want what they want when they want it, um, and they don't want to pay too much for it. So I think that starts with giving them, like, a completely seamless experience. And this really starts, I mean, it starts very top of the funnel. Um, it starts with, you know, easy navigation, easy checkouts. I mean, the perfect example of this, right, is Amazon and their, you know, one click upsell and like, you know, ease in which a consumer can, you know, basically log into their platform, you know, find a product, add it to their cart or, you know, just even click a one, you know, one click upsell and, and checkout. Um, 
So, you know, making sure that it's a very seamless experience, um, you know, really starts there. Um, but there's obviously other technologies such as, you know, like adding in chat bots, um, you know, again, people want to, you know, engage as easily as they can with, you know, a customer service representative versus having to like pick up the phone and wait on hold. Right. So, you know, things like that, I think are obviously really important. Um, and I'd say beyond just like making it seamless, I think it's all about offering a really customized experience. Right. So going back to the example with Amazon, right. Amazon, they know my habits, they know, you know, my shopping, you know, history, they know, you know, what I like to consume. And so as a result, when I log into Amazon, I have a very tailored, customized experience, you know, boiling down to like the movies I watch on, you know, Amazon Prime to, you know, the products I like to order. So everything is fully customized. And, you know, I'd say it's interesting, like, as much as people like to complain about, you know, privacy and, you know, talk about how they think their Alexas are like listening into them and, you know, listening into like their conversations, like people crave this sort of like, you know, tailored experience. Like even if I'm like scrolling through Facebook and I see an ad for like, you know, a cat product and I have a dog, like I'm almost laughing at the advertiser who, you know, placed that ad because obviously it's not geared towards me. Right. Like, you know, we want to consume ads and products and content that is geared towards us. And I think, you know, it's incumbent on us as, you know, digital marketers and advertisers to make sure we're providing that. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that, I mean, personalization now and where it's heading, I mean, I think you're right. I think people, in some ways, they're, they're scared a little bit because of privacy and, and that's an invasion on the privacy aspect of things. But when they start to see, I mean, there's a big trust factor there, right? And that trust has to be established and people have to, and especially with big business, uh, people start, there's already a breakdown in trust. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't really have to work to establish that trust and not break it. And then when you ap- apply AI type of technologies into the factor where, where you're, you know, and machine learning, where you're, it knows what you're starting to understand a little bit more about what you're looking for and, and the types of things you, your interests are. Um, and those types of things, that's where people start right now. They're kind of a little bit hesitant with, but I think over time, you're going to start to see that evolve even more and more. And to the point where, I mean, essentially, I, I believe you're going to walk onto a site, not walk on, but I say that because it's kind of, to me, I always think of it as a retail store. You're going to go onto the site and you're going to uh, essentially start, you know, it's going to know, well, you know, what are you looking for today? You might just tell it um, or you might be browsing. That's all up to you. But, I mean, I I foresee it becoming essentially becoming a concierge for sure, shopping needs and and essentially saying, okay, oh, you're looking for sunglasses for your your husband. Well, he, uh, we just, you know, these are the ones he has currently. And they find the picture of that on Instagram, your Instagram feed, and they say, here's a couple that you might be interested in. And they either show you the same ones or they show you ones that are similar or that sort of thing. Um, I've seen demos for it. So the technology is there. It's just a matter of consumer trust and uh, and starting to really allow technology to, to lead you down that process. Um, I mean, and that's a, that's a very... Um, very very customized approach to it but i mean there's also so much more involved 
Um, and I think we're just, we're just really on the cusp of it. Um, and like you said, with Amazon already knowing all these things, because Amazon has access to all that data, right? And that's one of the components with, with making these technologies work is that access to that data. For example, IBM has access to all of the weather data on the fly right away because they own the weather channel. So the second, you know, you go to a site that's using any kind of integrations with IBM's Watson or something like that, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're able to say, oh, the weather is going to be changing to get uh, be really rainy over the next two weeks. Do you have your umbrella already? Uh, here's a couple that might might fit what you're looking for and that type of thing. Um, so I think I think you're absolutely right with that personalized uh, component to the shopping. Um, yep. Yeah, and I mean, I'd say, look, like compared to like traditional retail, right? I mean, e-commerce, as you mentioned, like it really lacks like that face-to-face -face personal interaction, right? You mentioned like a concierge. Um, you know, online stores don't really currently have that retail clerk who can like recommend products to you based on your interests, taste, or preferences. Um, but I think, you know, many e-commerce companies are starting to leverage like this personalization, um, you know, um, as much as they possibly can, whether that's, you know, using, you know, past data such as search queries or page visits, purchase history, um, you know, through, you know, providing you recommended products, um, you know, ads tailored to your search history and marketing copy that really speaks directly to you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, as you mentioned, it's it's going to only get more and more personalized as we can continue down this path. Um, you know, one other interesting thing that you mentioned, um, you know, especially when talking about trust, um, you know, is is product reviews. Right. And so I'd say, like, consumers these days are, you know, before I go and buy any product, whether it's on Amazon or eBay or really like anywhere else online, like I'm immediately going and trying to like read the reviews, right? Or if it's a Facebook ad, I'm going and I'm trying to like read the Facebook comments and see, you know, what are other people's experience with this product? Um, it doesn't even matter if these people are strangers to me it, because, you know, I'm much more willing to trust their opinion um, as, you know, someone who's, you know, out in the real world engaging with this product versus, you know, what a, a brand or, you know, some sort of advertiser is trying to pitch me on, right? So, I mean, I think I, I read somewhere, I think it was like 94% of like, you know, all customers say they would not have purchased a product after reading like overwhelmingly negative reviews about the product, right? So, you know, especially when we're talking about trust, I mean, you really get like, you don't get too many opportunities to like build a reputation as a brand or as, you know, um, as a business, you know, operating in the e-commerce space. And so it can be very, very easy to, you know, tarnish your reputation either through, you know, having, you know, a poor customer experience times, um, you know, having poor product quality. And so, it's really, really essential as a business that you, again, prioritize the customer experience, make sure that, you know, customers are very, very happy with your product and, you know, their overall experience, because if they're not and you deal with a, a surge of negative customer reviews, I mean, you're really going to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting you just mentioned that because earlier today I had a call with one of my clients that's uh, looking to launch their site here in the next week or two. And the very 
thing I mentioned to her was, you know, when you start getting reviews on your product, um, make sure that if you don't get a five-star rating, you're on the phone or you're reaching out to them in some form or fashion to find out why. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, a four out of five, that's not bad, but it's still not a five. And so there was some level of, of unhappiness and you really want to hone in on that and, 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 and take advantage of the fact that you can connect with them and, and increase that from a four to a five in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. What you were talking about there too with, with trust, um, one of the things I, I've had a few people on the shows and we've talked about trust and, and reviews. And one of the things that's actually quite interesting to me is, and I've kind of tested it on myself, obviously that's one test base that everybody tries to do, but um, I find that I never used to really care about reviews, but I, have, I do now. Um, and also the sense that you know, so if a friend of yours, for example, recommends a product to you and you go online, you're still, I think, I don't know the numbers on it, but you're still inclined to trust the overall um, uh, collective, for lack of a better word. So those overall mm -hmm. review scores almost become more important than what your friend told you. Um, so that word of mouth becomes more powerful, sorry, becomes more powerful in, from that collective component of things. So if, for example, a friend of mine tells me, oh, you have to buy this product, I go on Amazon, I see it's a five star, I'm going to buy it. If I see it's a three star and there's been a hundred reviews, well, all of a sudden I'm not so encouraged. So then I might start reading the reviews through. And if I see that it's, you know, something to do with shipping or something to do with something that's out of their control, then I still may buy the product. Um, but I want to read those reviews to find out and assess for myself whether or not I'm going to buy it. Um, and so it's almost becoming more powerful, those reviews on the websites, than, than the old-fashioned word of mouth, too, at this point. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that, I mean, if you look at it, it's it's kind of across multiple platforms and, and different channels, right? I mean you know, I look at TripAdvisor and I'm reviewing, you know, everyone's experience at a specific hotel. You know, I'll do the same thing on Yelp before I go and, you know, eat at any sort of restaurant. I'm wanting to see what the reviews are. You know, even before I watch a movie, you know, I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes and I'm trying to see, you know, what was the overall experience. So I definitely think it's, you know, it's very much, you know, the collective whole versus that, you know, opinion of one person, though we may very much take, you know, our friend's advice uh, to heart, you know, before we, you know, go and purchase or consume just about anything. But, um, but yeah. I think it's almost that initial friend or family word of mouth that gets you interested in looking into it. And then it, you know, as the initial kind of the hot leads or warm leads, so to speak, and then it gets closed in many cases with those reviews. And that's why I think a powerful review is so, so important. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Love to hear any, any other insights or thoughts you have in the, the world of, of consumerism online. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up with any final words of wisdom and how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, the, the biggest takeaway that, that I would give to anyone, right, is number one, like start by delivering like a quality customer experience. And that, you know, is from like, you know, a UX, you know, perspective on how they engage with your website, 
It's from, you know, really listening to your customer and ensuring that, you know, again, they're able to get a hold of you easy, that, you know, they're able to track their shipments, that, you know, they're engaging, you know, you're engaging with them, you know, on comments that they might leave on your Facebook ads. It's, it's really like 360 degree, but it just ultimately goes to giving the customer a solid experience because if you don't, right, if you don't do this, like you're going to feel the repercussions at every step of your business, right? Like Facebook is going to penalize you. You're going to be paying higher CPMs or in many cases you're going to be, you know, having your ads, you know, you know, unable to serve on their platform if you're not delivering a good customer experience. I mean, if you're on Shopify these days and you're not delivering products to people in seven days or less, they are going to kick you off their platform. Um, you know, your banks, you will have issues with chargebacks and with, you know, um, consumers basically, you know, returning their shipments to you, which can impact your processing. So, I mean, it, it sounds, you know, pretty straightforward, but I think a lot of people overlook or try to cut corners on many of these different avenues when they're trying to get their business, you know, set up and trying to make the best margin that they can. But um, ultimately, you will be paying for it in one way or another if you're not delivering a good customer experience. So um, I think, you know, that's that's really kind of my my main takeaway and our focus here at DFO for, for 2019 is ensuring that we're, you know, delivering quality customer experiences at every uh, step along the way. Right on. No, I, I couldn't have said that any better myself. I think it's that experience is just so, so important. I mean, I'll just give it, give you a quick example of a, of a bad experience, and that's the banking industry. You go online and you want to call somebody um, uh, just trying to find a phone number on a website can be a nightmare, and that's because they've hit it on purpose. They want you to – they'll have it on their site, but they don't want you to use it. They want you to use a number of different uh, avenues first. Um, and so if you think about, you know, the customer experience, think about it from what you hate and make sure that you don't do that. <laughs> that's yeah, one exactly. way to look at it, right? Like people often ask me, well, you know, how do I improve the checkout process? Well, what is it that causes people pain? Eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And and then then people are going to be much more happy with it. I mean, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but it's it's very true. Just eliminate those pain points and those friction points wherever you can. And then that simplifies their whole flow and makes that experience that much better. Um, but those are just my thoughts. So you have any final words of wisdom? Um, again, just, you know, make sure that you are putting the customer first and, um, you know, again, just trying to focus on a seamless experience from them from end to end. Um, and you should be, you should be in good shape. Right on. And how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so people can visit us at dfo.global um, to learn more about, you know, our, our business and our services. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's alexbrown.dfo. So, um, yeah, come and, come, and, come and find us. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much again, Brandon, for having me on. You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry, stay hungry, stay foolish. Stay hungry, stay foolish.
Welcome to E-Commerce All-Stars, brought to you by Nadimo.com, where we help e-commerce entrepreneurs accelerate growth through modern technology and innovative thinking. 